1: Welcome to a new episode of Land Grant Holy Land's Recruiting Centric Podcast, The Dotted Line. My name is Matt Tamanini. On this podcast, we talk to Ohio State and national recruiting experts, LGHL's own recruiting analysts and even recruits themselves. On today's episode, I am once again joined by Land Grant Holy Land recruiting columnist and our resident football coach, Caleb Hauser. Caleb, long day for you. Had football practice. You mowed the lawn as well. And now you're back home ready to talk about
0: visitors for the Ohio State-Oregon game. It's going to be a big weekend. I couldn't think of a better way to end the night than talking a little Buckeye recruiting.
1: Well, it's one of those weird things where this is by far the biggest home game, I think, on Ohio State's schedule, and I don't think there's much of a doubt about that. But it's a noon game. Um, And what's always interesting about noon games, especially when they're high-profile marquee games, is, is that you always want to have as many big recruits as you can. But as you well know, since most high school Football games happen on Friday nights. If they're not local, it's tough for a lot of recruits to get to the stadium by noon the next day. So I'm interested to talk about the guys who will be there. We still don't necessarily know everybody who's going to be there. We're recording on Wednesday night. I think there will probably be a few guys who say they're coming between now and game day, but there are some pretty big, important recruits that are going to be on campus that I want to talk about. I know the guy that you are really excited to be on campus is a uh, 2022 defensive lineman, number 69 in the country, nice, um, from uh, Greenwood, Indiana, Caden Curry. Now, this is a name who we've heard a little bit about, but when we're talking about 2022 Defensive lineman, he hasn't really been one of the big names that we've been talking about for a long time, it doesn't feel like.
0: Yeah, I think Caden kind of gets not not a bum rap by any means, but he kind of gets the short end of the stick just because you've got some bigger names and higher ranked guys that are more edge rushers where, you know, Caden is, is just a defensive lineman. I mean, he plays outside for his high school team, but, you know, also can slide in and play, you know, defensive tackle as well, too. So I think sometimes he just kind of is not an afterthought, but is it mentioned as, you know, well, or as much as, you know, kind of these big, you know, five-star caliber guys that Ohio State seems to always be in on for their edge rushers.
1: So what is it about him that you think is, is most attractive to Ohio State? Do you think that he will be, a a tackle at the next level. He's 6'5", 250 pounds. He's not necessarily built like the the tackles that Ohio State have right now, but he, he could grow into that. So why do you think that this is somebody who Larry Johnson really wants to get on campus and would like to add to the 2022 class, who is still pretty weak on both offensive and defensive line prospects?
0: Yeah, I think the cool thing about what Larry Johnson Ohio State do, and it's not like they're selling pipe dreams by any means, but they kind of let these kids, you know, have – you know, the little bit of a dream or what they want to do at the next level. I mean, surely Ohio State has, you know, the, the bigger picture in mind with, you know, how they're going to fit into the grand scheme of things, literally. But I think what they can do with guys like Caden Curry is talk to them about, yeah, I mean, of course, you know, we can try on the edge if that's what you're more comfortable with or, if, you know, that's what you want to do. But also when they get into a, you know, weight program with, you know, Mick Marathi, they can kind of see, well, you know, I've I've certainly grown, or you know, I've, I'm not the typical edge rusher now, so I can slide inside and you know and be that guy like Draymond Jones. I mean, that dude is yeah. is not like a perfect Caden Curry, you know, comparison, but at the same time, he could rush outside, but also was a dominant force inside too. So you just see those kind of body types and. It, Things change when you get to college. I mean, Kaden Curry, like you said, you know, already an impressive stature, you know, for a high school junior. I mean, six five or high school senior, I'm sorry, six five, 250. But those, those are the kinds of things that you just, you never really know what they can be and what they can grow into, you know, until they get on campus. So for me personally, I think, you know, probably whatever the staff is telling him in terms of, are you going to be outside? Are you going to be inside? I think that's less important. I think the big thing right now is, you know, how he fits in the grand scheme of things with Larry Johnson as a relationship piece. And you know, obviously things are going pretty well on that front.
1: Yeah, and he does have one crystal ball uh, to Ohio State. The only crystal ball that he has it's with a six confidence, but it comes from Chris Nee, who's the Florida State insider. So I don't know yeah. how much um, we put into that, but it did come in in May. So it's not like it's a I mean, it's not relatively recent, but it's not super old either. Um, but it'll be interesting because he is. Uh, There are a number of 2022 defensive linemen that are still at play for the Buckeyes, and we'll talk about at least one of them again here um, in a few minutes. But Caden Curry will be on campus, and there's also a pair of future quarterbacks. And we've talked a lot about quarterback recruiting with the reclassification of Quinn Ewers over the last month or so. And it's really interesting to me that it seems like Ohio State is still swinging pretty big Um, At quarterback, they have two guys who we know for sure are going to be on campus this weekend. One is from 2023. It's Dylan Lonergan, who is from Snellville, Georgia. He's the number 77 uh, player in the country in the 2023 class. It makes him a four-star recruit. We also know that Jaden Davis from Fort Mill, South Carolina will be on campus. He's a 2024 quarterback. They don't have the composite ratings yet for 2024, but currently... According to 24-7's own rankings, he's the number one player in the country. So both of those guys will be on campus. And it's just really interesting to me that with Quinn reclassifying to 2021, where the quarterback recruits are getting slotted in, this whole thing is its a huge puzzle piece that I don't think Ohio State really has a great answer as to what they want to do, because I'm assuming that at least one, if not two of the guys that are currently in the quarterback room won't be there by this time next year.
0: Yeah, you would you would certainly think so. I think, you know, and you look at the 2021 class with Quinn like you said reclassifying And you kind of wonder what they're going to do with 2022. You know, can you stand packed? Absolutely. I mean, you've got four guys in there that are, you know, redshirt freshman or below. And with Quinn included, of course. So Mm -hmm. 2022, you absolutely do not need to, by any means, go get someone. But, you know, we've seen the rumblings that they're looking at Drew Aller, the current Penn State commit who's from a Dino, Ohio. So, I mean, that's a guy that for the longest time wanted to be, you know, Ohio state's guy in the 2022 class. But I mean, what are you going to do? Keep the in-state kid and turn down Quinn Ewers? Absolutely not. I mean, you're looking at a transformational type of guy, you know, the same way Justin Fields was for Ohio state. And obviously, you know, guys like Trevor Lawrence were for Clemson. So you're never going to turn down that high caliber of a player, but it is interesting. I mean, this weekend, coach Corey Dennis, quarterbacks coach, obviously for Ohio state goes and visits, Drew Aller to watch, you know, Medina play and he has a record setting night. I mean, just, you know, doing an incredible job and, you know, it'll be interesting. He still doesn't have an offer from Ohio state at this point, but you know, he's a Penn state commit. So it's, it's almost a, it's almost a wonder or, you know, a game, if you will, you know, is Ohio State going to try and pull him back into, you know, their reins and, you know, mess over Penn State in the process, which obviously, you know, that that would be great for Ohio State uh, you know, to yeah. not see Drew Aller go to Penn State. But then you look at the 2023 and 2024 class, it's like, do you want to get, you know, a, a top, you know, premier five star guy in the 2023 class? knowing that once again, Jaden Davis in the 24 class, you know, one year later is out there for, you know, the, the picking as well, too. I mean, it's just, again, we we've said it before, whatever happens at the quarterback position, they're obviously in a really good spot because whoever the starter is, clearly they're very good and they're handpicked almost. I mean, certainly Ryan Day's done an incredible job and his track record speaks for itself. So it'll be interesting to see. I mean, both of those guys being on campus this weekend, I mean, they're they're definitely going to be priorities. Uh, but, you know, I I kind of tend to believe that 2022, you don't need someone, but I am very interested to see, you know, kind of what happens and what development comes from, you know, the Drew Aller sweepstakes, if you will.
1: I, I kind of like the idea that Ohio State really has no interest in Drew Aller transfer or decommitting from Penn State and coming to Ohio State, but just wants to put enough pressure on James Franklin and his staff that they have to pay a little bit more attention Absolutely. to Drew and like spend more time on him to just to solidify his commitment because I I can't imagine a situation in which Ohio State takes a top quarterback in the 2022 class. My philosophy or my thought has been on this situation is you wait until after the season, after spring, whenever the chips fall where they may when it comes To I'm guessing, you know, Jack Miller and Kyle McCord, if one or both of those guys transfer, you see who's in the transfer portal and see if you can get a veteran guy as a backup and see, you know, what happens with CJ Stroud and Quinn Ewers and go from there and then start recruiting on the back end. If they brought in Drew Aller, it would just be it just seems like it's it's making a, a messy situation even messier. Or Way too
0: many cooks in the kitchen. Yeah, <laughs> so it's like right.
1: you, you wait and see what happens and you ride with CJ and Quinn for a while and then you decide what you want to do in 23 and 24. I personally would love to see Jaden Davis come in, but how, how much film have you seen on on either Jaden or Dylan and how do those two guys compare and differentiate their... Um, Fairly different in, you know, both obviously classes, but Dylan, who's in the 2023 class, he's 6'2", 215. Jaden, who's in the 2024 class, obviously a year younger, but he's 6'185. So very different builds on these two guys. What are they like in terms of actually their quarterbacking style and skill sets?
0: Yeah, I think Dylan is is probably with his size, I mean, he's certainly not immobile, but with that kind of size, you you typically see the traditional pocket passer guy, you know, get the ball out to your playmakers, you know, not going to kill you in the run game, probably more of a Dwayne Haskin type deal where, you know, he can make a play and get, you know, get out of a rush if he absolutely needs to, but you know, clearly that's not his obvious, you know, first priority or calling card, if you will, where Jaden Davis, you know, you, you just see the athleticism's off the charts. And I, I won't lie at all. I've watched way more film on Jaden than I have Dylan. Dylan yeah. was a product of, you know, a summer camp, obviously on Ohio state's radar. He wouldn't be there if he was not already on their radar but was offered after a performance and throwing session while he was at Ohio state, you know, earlier this summer in June. So, you know, clearly got the staff's attention. Um, I, I wouldn't say that he's, you know, their top priority by any means, just because again, you've got so many different avenues that you can go with this quarterback situation. But like you, I, I really don't, I really don't think that in 2022 you need to do anything other than just realize that there's absolutely no rush at all. And standing Pat, is there's zero harm to that by any means. So, and honestly, if, if you stand pat and you don't worry so much about, you know, getting another 2022 guy. It might help you, you know, keep one of those guys in the fold in your current quarterback class. So, I mean, those are the those are the things that you look at, you know, as a staff, and you're like, you know, what what a wonderful first world problem to have if you're a Buckeye. Um, but yeah. I mean, again, it's 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 very interesting to see where they go. And my my personal preference, if you know, I was you know playing with the crystal ball myself, it'd be fun to see, you know. Kyle tried to battle it out with CJ and Quinn, you know, if Jack, and this is, I feel bad saying this, but it feels like Kyle has kind of gone ahead of Jack where everything you see and read It's kind of CJ's the guy right now. Clearly obviously started the first game. He's their starter. Kyle looks to be kind of like the backup with Jack being, you know, third overall and obviously Quinn coming in. You're just, it's only a matter of time before that kid's in the race. Yeah. He's not,
1: he's not there now, but that's only because
0: of the situation is when he got there. So, so in my opinion, 2022, it's a wash. You have everything you need. Quinn was a 2022 guy. You don't need another one. Very simply put, I almost wish that in 2023 they would do that stopgap year where they go and find if they need it someone in the transfer portal, and preferably probably a veteran guy that you know that has experience that could step in that has played games before, and that way you know in 2024 all bets are off. Go get a guy just like Quinn in terms of ranking and you know prospective, whatever you want to call it. His just absolute. Off the charts, phenom athleticism. Go put all your chips in on that kid and try to bring him in. And you know, on back to back cycles, you got a Quinn Ewers type of player, and then boom, later on, you got Jaden Davis.
1: Yeah, and I, I think you mentioned the fact that you've watched a lot more on Jaden. Jane's been somebody who's been connected to Ohio State for a long time. So right. Dylan Lonergan is a guy who, like you said, showed up at a camp, did well, and is it you know he's going to come this weekend. But Jaden is somebody who is seemingly been very interested in Ohio State, and the scattering report that 24-7 has on him is super impressive, talking about what he's able to do. Obviously, this was from when he's a freshman, so there's a lot of stuff that he can still improve, but just talking about his presence and his his skills and his footwork already that he has um, coming out of his freshman year, like it's uh, uh, it's pretty impressive, so it'll be fun to see him on campus and how things go with that. But um, another big-time guy who has been on Ohio State's board for a long time that is going to be on campus this week is Zion Branch, the Bishop Gorman safety who um, has kind of been going back and forth between Ohio State and USC over the last few months. He currently has six crystal balls, um, and uh, Ohio State currently has four of them, USC has two of them, but... The most recent one, which came uh, just at the end of July, it looks like, was for USC. There were some pretty high ones coming in for Ohio State in June. Then it seems like things turned to USC in July. Obviously, uh, Las Vegas to Los Angeles are, are not that far away, but he's the number 50 player in the country, fourth safety one of the guys that the Buckeyes have been on on really hard for a long time also would love to get his younger brother who's a wide receiver as well. But him being on campus is a huge deal. Ohio State loves to use the game day visits as ways to kind of seal the deals. What are your thoughts on how important this weekend is for getting Zion Branch?
0: Yeah, I think, I mean, it's, it's no secret. Ohio State has made it very clear that they want They're two top target safeties in the class in this 22 cycle. And obviously that's the Iowa native Xavier Winkba. and, And of course, you know, Zion branch, which you just mentioned. So Zion getting back to campus for this game day visit. I mean, it's huge. I mean, you can't, I guess, undersell you know, how much it means to get him back on campus. You hit on his little brother being a 2023 receiver and obviously someone that Brian Hartline has made a priority early on. So, I mean, I think the brother ties there, if you can get, you know, Zion, you're you're very clearly probably going to get his little brother, um, but you know, you don't want to get the, the chicken before the egg, if you will. So yeah, I, yeah. I think this visit right here, it, it's a big one. I mean, they've made it clear. These are the two guys they want. These are the two guys that they've zeroed in on for some time now and so, you know, forget for them to get Zion back on campus and be able to show him, you know, here's what it's like to play in the Big Ten against a Pac-12 team. You know, this is your deck of the woods. You're coming over to Ohio State watching us take on a Pac-12 team and hopefully they handle business and and kind of get a feel for what it's like, you know, for for life in Columbus. So we'll see how it on how it all unfolds. But I mean, he's he's someone that I think the staff, you know, has made an obvious you know top target priority for them for some time now so i mean he's got to know that and the usc thing i mean very clearly it's kind of like you know pinball one day usc one day ohio yeah. state the nice part is is you know again like you said there are some there are some crystal ball selections for for Zion. There's only two in um, the highest confidence, you know, on the, on the meteor on the meter is only four. So in Ohio state, they've got an eight from Bill Curlick and a seven from Steve Wolfong. Those are the two guys that are in the know more than anyone. So usually, I mean, people have said before, like if you want to know what crystal balls are for Ohio state, if there's one from Wilt Fong and there's one from Kerlick, you know, you basically can jot it down in pencil. So those are the kind of things that you look for. I personally think Zion will be in the class. I mean, maybe I'm just the eternal optimist when it comes to Ohio State recruiting, but then again, I mean, they've given me no reason to be negative. So yeah. I think Zion and Xavier will both be in the class, but Zion being on campus this weekend, it'll be a big visit. And I think, you know, all bets are off. I think coach Matt Barnes and Gary Coombs will, you know, hit it, hit a home run here and, and show them the red carpet type of deal.
1: Yeah, it's interesting because he made his very first official visit when visits opened back up in June to Ohio State. He was part of that. Buckeye Bash 2.0 on that first weekend in June. Um, his next one was to USC a couple weeks later. He also visited Oklahoma and Oregon. He's got visits scheduled to Alabama and Clemson. But it's it's really interesting to me that those aren't those aren't until November. So it's one of those things where you're like, if he comes to Columbus this weekend in early September, likes what he sees and decides to make a commitment. He could just cancel those kind of like what we saw with JT 2 and where he came to Columbus and was like, yeah, I don't need to go to uh, Tuscaloosa anymore. So I'm not saying that Zion is going to commit this weekend, but I'm not saying that he's not going to commit this weekend. I mean, he might see everything that he needs to see uh, in Columbus uh, when Ohio State takes on Oregon, which would be fantastic.
0: Yeah, and I mean very clearly. I mean, the, the nice part about Ohio State having this you know huge type of game this early on is you got Ohio September weather. I mean, it's it's not going to be yeah. you know a hundred degrees, but it's also not going to be forty degrees either. I mean, this is kind of that that nice window for when you're recruiting national prospects. That hey, you know, Ohio's got it going on. I mean, they're going to figure it out. They know what snows in Columbus. They know that the weather's you know not what it is in South Beach or Los Angeles. They they are they very well understand. But, yeah. you know, sometimes the game day atmosphere and what the, what Ohio state sells overall is more important anyways. And you know, what Ohio state can preach to them is, well, when you get to the league, you're going to deal with weather the whole time. So um, mm-hmm. you, you might as well get a head start here, but yeah. And like you said, I mean, having Zion back on campus here, it's a big one. And and going back to Caden Curry, even the defensive line prospect from Indiana, I mean, this official visit for him, this is the first one he scheduled out of all five. So uh, Ohio state's made him a a total priority Um, and Larry Johnson's been on him for you know almost two years plus now so I mean he's been in on him for several months just telling him everything that he needs to know about Ohio State and what they're going to do for him as a player Um, you know so for him to only schedule you know this official visit so far obviously I think talks about you know how he feels about Ohio State as well I'm Alex Rodriguez and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg this is the deal
1: All right, so let's real quick wrap up with a few other things. We talked about some of the defensive line prospects, and um, one of them who's going to be on campus is Christian Miller. He's from Ellenwood, Georgia, Cedar Grove High School. He is a 2022 prospect number 111 in the class. Um, He's a four-star prospect. He mainly has – he's got six crystal balls all to USC or Georgia, but Ohio State is obviously um, still in the mix. He will be on campus um, this week and so we see what happens with that but the guy that i really want to talk about and this is kind of fascinating to me it's a guy that we've been talking about as ohio state people covering recruiting for a while and this is um omari abor from duncanville texas he's the number 18 player in the 2022 class five-star prospect as uh, an edge rusher 6'4, 240 he's got three crystal balls all of them going to oklahoma but um They're all pretty old. One is from last October. The rest are from uh, February. Since then, there's always been rumblings about him coming to Ohio State and how much Larry Johnson wants him. But for the past week or so, um, on his Instagram, his profile picture has been him in an Ohio State jersey, which are those promo pictures that all the recruits take when they come to Columbus. But then in his profile, it's just athlete and then at ohio state fb and then the little nut um emoji with an exclamation point now caleb we've seen this before from guys who didn't end up coming to ohio state um uh, perhaps coincidentally perhaps not um, omari posted his top five a week ago so probably around the same time that this profile thing happened and ohio state was one of them along with texas a&m lsu texas and alabama but it's interesting. I don't exactly know what to make of this uh, of this Instagram profile, but he's got a lot of Ohio State pictures up there. I don't know what to make of this. It's fun. It's interesting. It could be a troll, but I'm hoping that it's not.
0: Yeah, right. I mean, you you definitely don't want to put a ton of stock into something a 17 year old kid does on a social media account. So, I mean, like you said, we've seen it before earlier this year with you know Will Johnson, who's now committed to Michigan. Domani Jackson, who's currently committed to USC. Those guys, you know, for a while on their Instagram accounts and even Twitter accounts were all over the place. You know, Ohio State football in their their bio, all that good stuff. But Omari Abor is one of the three guys that has been probably, obviously, the closest link to Ohio State in terms of commitment status, you know, as as a defensive line prospect. I think the three right now are obviously Omari Abor, then you've got Eni White, and then Kenyatta Jackson. It feels Mm -hmm. like those are the three who's going to be the first to fall from those three in terms of the ed rushers. So you've got guys obviously on the inside like Caden Curry that we've talked about, Chris McClellan from Oklahoma that we've talked about before, but those are the three edge rusher guys that you kind of you know worry about. Who is it going to be that first guy that getting into the mix for Larry Johnson, you know, in the 2022 class. So this Omari Abor thing on Instagram, where he's kind of put Ohio state at the, at the front and center of his profile, it makes you think, you know, and he's, he's been very close to Ohio state for some time now. It's not been something where, you know, this is a, this is a, an early blooming type of thing, or, you know, just a recent status change. I mean, he's been linked to Ohio state for some time now, like you said, and Oklahoma obviously was the early favorite for him, but things have definitely cooled down from him. So, and, you know, Duncanville, Texas is someone is a program that Ohio state's recruiting hard. So, I mean, Quinn Ewers has been in contact with guys, you know, from that, from that program. Um, And it's, you know, it's, it's one of those things where, again, you don't want to put a ton of stock into things with, you know, Instagram posts or Twitter posts, but obviously it's something you don't want to just, you know, flippantly go, go past as well either. So things, things obviously are are trending in a certain direction and kind of hope it's, you know, in the right way for Ohio state.
1: Yeah. Like you said, you know, as well, uh, as I do, having both of us coached high school athletes, um, nothing that they say is uh, something you can take super seriously until it's actually official, but uh, it's interesting. But let's stay on the social media thing, and let's wrap up with this. Because on Wednesday, a 2023 prospect, offensive tackle prospect from a Southeast Polk High School in Des Moines, Iowa, Caden Proctor, not to be confused with Caden Curry, spelled different first names, um, he tweeted out his list of, like, I don't, I don't know, like 27 top schools. I don't know how many it is. It's ridiculous, <laughs> but it's like 12, I think. And Ohio State was one of them, of course. Then following that up, Xavier Wongpa, who you mentioned earlier, um, retweeted it and said, I'm bringing Lil Bro uh, with me, by the way, y'all. They go to the same high school. Xavier Wongpa, a number 45 player in the class of 2022, safety, four-star safety, one of the guys that Ohio State is very high on, like you just mentioned. I'm not saying they're a package deal, obviously, two different classes, but Ohio State would love to get both of these guys, and it's super interesting when, when Xavier starts uh, throwing stuff out like that. Definitely uh, get some
0: of those eyeball emojis that everybody likes to use. Yeah, we've seen it time and time again. Ohio State just does a wonderful job of going into certain states at certain times when there's a lot of talent and basically just cleaning house. I mean, look at Washington State. How many times in the past, you know, 25 years have we seen Ohio State recruit the state of Washington? Well, well, not a ton, but then they go and get G. Scott, Emeka Ibuka and J.T. in within three years. I mean, it's it's pretty incredible. So now you kind of look at this Iowa connection with Xavier Wakpa and Caden Proctor. And you're like, well, gee, can you do it again here in Big Ten country and keep those guys away from Iowa? I don't think Iowa's a serious player for either of them. I mean, Xavier's kind of been rumored to be down to Ohio State, Notre Dame for some time now. And obviously, Caden being a 23 kid, he's just now trimming his list as he did today. So, I mean, that's something that you don't put a ton of stock into because how many times have we seen these, you know, 17 and 18-year-old kids again talking about, oh, you know, we're a package deal. And how many times does it actually happen? Yeah. Well, way less than it actually does. But being that they're both from the same high school and in different classes, you know, they're that, that does bode well. I mean, Ohio State's definitely in on both of these guys, you know, early and often. And, you know, when Ohio State's showing all this attention to Xavier because he's, you know, in the more, you know, current class, that obviously has to, you know, mean something to Caden Proctor, too, is obviously paying attention to those types of things. So it bodes well for Ohio State right now that they're, you know, in a really good spot for for Xavier, and you know if they could do it with Caden, he fills a huge need. I mean, he is a high school junior, and he is six foot seven, three hundred and thirty pounds. There are not many men <laughs> on the earth that are that size at sixteen years old of age. So, I mean,
1: and I'm looking he's at these pictures, a laundry
0: like, list of offers already. So,
1: I'm looking at these pictures, and he doesn't look like a big guy. Like he's, right. he is carries I mean, it well. Yeah, like his legs are huge, but like he he doesn't look like somebody who is six, seven, three thirty. He is right. a absolute mountain of a human yes. being. So uh, it's interesting. And, you know, like I said, you never know what's going to happen in recruiting until it's official. And even after that, sometimes you don't even know. But um, things are starting to pick up. We are running down. I mean, we, I think we for people forget that, like because of how weird this past year was with recruiting we're to the point now where it's like less than three months until the early signing period. Right. Um, there's not a lot of time for Ohio state to secure the rest of the big time talent. Obviously they have until February to officially sign a letter of intent, but most of the big time talent signs in early in December. So you don't have a ton of time between now and then to lock up some of these guys. And Ohio state has a great class right now. Obviously it's taken some hits with the reclassifications and some D de-, uh, de-, de-, de commitments, but they've got some holes still. So they need to fill those holes and probably need to do it sooner rather than later. Um, But recruiting is nothing if not entertaining. And uh, hopefully we, we hear whether it's it's booms or just some good rumors coming out of Columbus this weekend. Uh, Hopefully there's good stuff coming from the Ohio state Oregon game off the field as well as on the field.
0: Yeah, for sure. I think, you know, one thing to hit on is Ryan day said it from his press conference this weekend. You see the coaching staff on Twitter currently right now and all week so far, I've been talking about it. We need the fans to be loud. This needs Mm -hmm. to be a game day atmosphere that is for the recruits is for our team to feed off of. So we can go into the game confident. I mean, et cetera, et cetera. So obviously this is the first time that they're going to have fans in the stands, you know, in 600 plus days. I mean, this is a huge game. This is a wonderful way to kick off, you know, official visit season having kids back on the you know, on the sideline for these visits, you know, beforehand, I mean, the place will be rocking. So, I mean, you can't really think of a better way to get the recruiting season kicked off, you know, in terms of kids actually able to get to campus, you know, for these games. I mean, and you hit on it earlier in the pod, you know, how, you know, difficult is it sometimes for these kids to get to stadiums, you know, when their games are the night before hmm. and, you know, 12 hours later? you got to be at said campus somewhere else. I mean, so yeah, it's difficult for these guys to, to get there, especially the national recruits at Ohio state's after, you know, to get to Ohio state, you know, basically overnight almost because the game does start at noon and, you know, very clearly they're there in the mornings, you know, with the staff beforehand, you know, getting the the red carpet treatment. So it'll be a great weekend. I'm, I'm really excited to see it. I, I think at least like you said, we're at least going to get some, you know, some publicity with what is going on. Where do we go from here? Kids may be starting to trim their lists, you know, scheduling those, the rest of the officials. And, and now the timeline can start to creep up a little bit because like you said, you know, we're only a couple months removed from that early signing period. And I mean, last year, what Ohio State had every single kid except one feels you know, like signed it, yeah. early. So, I mean, I think the only kid that they were waiting on was JT. So for their 21 <laughs> class, all of them, I think it was, I, I want to say it was 21 of the 22 or 22 of the 23. that spots that they had were already signed at the early signing period. So they they have work to do. I mean, Mark Pantone's job is a lot easier when those kids are signed, you know, sealed and delivered in December, rather than having to wait till February. It's a lot less stress when they're already in the fold. So we'll see what happens. I think this weekend will definitely get the ball rolling though.
1: Yeah. Very exciting stuff. They've got uh, 14 commits right now, probably need another, I don't know 6ish. Uh, I'm not sure exactly what the numbers are, but they they definitely have a way to go. But Yeah,
0: I would I would say 6 to 8. I mean, at, at most 10. I don't, I don't see them getting to 24 personally, especially with the reclassification of Quinn that takes that's kind of one spot already if you will. Right. I mean, I know it's not, but technically it kind of is. So I I would think 6 to 8, uh, but I mean, like you said, I mean, the, the defensive line and the offensive line, we got to get going here. So Um, those are the two big spots, you know, left that that they really need to hone in on and and get those things done. And I, I have a ton of faith that they will. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Alright, everybody, thanks for listening to this episode of Land Grand Holy Land's The Dotted Line podcast. Caleb, thank you for joining us. As always, you are here at least once a month. We've we've got you on here to talk about everything that's going on, so we always appreciate that. Of course, if you're finding this episode on LandGrandHolyland.com, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Now that we're in season, we're doing at least one episode every single day of the week, sometimes two, depending on what's going on. And all of them have different focuses and unique perspectives that you cannot hear anywhere else. In the Buckeye podcasting universe, also don't forget to follow Land Grant Holy Land on Twitter at Land Grant Thirty Three. You can find me at BWW Matt Caleb. Let everybody know
0: where they can find you on Twitter at Caleb Hauser Nine. So first and last name with the number nine at the end. We've uh, we've got a ton of publicity and a ton of content going out right now, so it's a really good time to you know. Get, get some vision on those articles and listen to the pod. So, you know, hopefully people drop by and hear what we have to say. Absolutely. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to
1: you soon. And as always, go Bucks.